next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realised that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realised that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will, ne- will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And it, this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Thanks, Nathaniel. It's good to have another Nathaniel in the church. Not many of those. So have you ever played Sermon Bingo before? It's great, I'll just have the... You shouldn't play it, it's a bad game. Um... I play it sometimes. <laughs> so, if I, uh, those under the age of 18, or if you feel young, maybe you can join in. Uh, you can get one sweet, so I don't want a, a really keen young person getting all the sweets. So you can do this once, maybe we'll do a reset. If I say the word Jesus, chocolate biscuits, biology, or Zoe, you can say, hallelujah, and put your hand in the air. Should we try that? Hallelujah. Yeah, great. And I'll give you a Maoam Suisi. This is um, just a technique to keep you on the ball, really. <laughs> but Jesus, chocolate biscuits, biology, and Zoe. Oh, that's, you're right. Yep, there you go. 
There you go. And I'm going to throw them. So adults, you need to keep... Um, I'm, this is, I'm, you can sign a waiver to say if you get hit by a Mao Am sweet, you can't sue me afterwards. So I'm going to throw them. Otherwise, it would take too long. Great. So when was the last time you were really hungry or thirsty? We'll get those slides up, Darren. That'd be great if we can try. When was the last time you were really hungry or thirsty? Oh, yeah, let's... Grace, go for it. This month. <laughs> Parents? <laughs> Marcus? Yesterday, okay. Anyone else want to say? Breakfast today, you were really hungry? Yep. Now, okay. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. Yeah, Jerome's eating. Um, and what did it feel like when you finally got to eat or drink? What did it feel like? Yummy, yeah. Yeah. Um... In this story we've just heard read, Jesus has just miraculously fed over... Pardon? Ah! <laughs> there you go. In the story we've just heard read, Jesus fed 5,000 people. This is... What I need to do is... I didn't really think this through. I'm going to load them. I'm going to load them, and I'm just going to stay in my flow, because actually just one at a time. You got beat. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, it's just fed 5,000 people and they're hungry. They're hungry for two things. They're hungry because they want, just want something to eat. They've not eaten for a while. But they're also hungry for something that lots of people in this world are still hungry for. The women in Iran protesting, the heroes of Ukraine. They're hungry for freedom. Freedom from Roman oppressors. And here is Jesus. Here you go. <laughs> here is Jesus. Like Moses feeding them manna from heaven, the bread of heaven. And he, maybe he can lead them to a new promised land. Jesus, the king of Israel, <laughs> could lead the revolution. What do you long for? What's your hunger? Verse 27. Do not work for food that spoils but the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. <coughs> Beyond just normal food and drink, the first hungers that I can think of were for chocolate biscuits. There you go. <laughs> and then a little later for computer games. Um, I'd squirrel away the chocolate biscuit tin and... There you go, Isaac. <laughs> and I'd, I'd go to town. I, I can actually really remember the feelings of guilty pleasure. <laughs> it was oh so wrong, but also oh so good. <laughs> um, the thing with chocolate biscuits is the... There you go, Marcus. The first one is amazing. And the next two are good, but by the tenth... <laughs> um, and that's the thing with chocolate biscuits oh sorry Steve <laughs> not enough power <laughs> that's the thing with chocolate biscuits uh, there you go uh, there's diminishing returns as to so many things like this and a, a five year old me I was chasing 
Nirvana, which I thought must have been hidden somewhere in chocolate digestives. In a different guy's chocolate digestive, didn't say biscuits. And next, computer games. My mum's Irish, but I'm not going to do the impression because I always get it wrong. Um, Dinner's ready, mum would shout. Just one more level, mum. You come downstairs now. Mum, there's no save. I'll lose my place. Just so you know, parents, that was nearly always a lie. (laughs) What happens at the end of a computer game? Nothing. There's a sense of emptiness to it. It is fun, but there's just nothing. Nothing changes in your life when you finish a computer game. And uh, if I still need to remind myself of this today at my age. Um, if left to my own devices, I would play the game Civilization. Any Civilization fans in the church? No, just me. That's fine. It's it, yeah. Nathaniel there. Maybe we've got more than just the name's sake, Nathaniel. Um, it's a computer game um, on the computer. And I just lose myself in it. I don't eat. I don't drink. I have to put my glasses on because my contact lenses go dry because I don't blink. (laughs) And seven hours into the game, I'm invaded by another Civ more advanced than mine, and the computer wins again. Pointless. Empty. Jesus talks about hunger. I really like this, guys, how much you're on the ball. Go Lachlan, all the way to the back. Oh, (laughs) I'll do another one. Jesus talks about (laughs) hunger, desire, longings for food, but for other things too. I think nearly all of us have longings, don't we? Things that if only we could meet, we'd be satisfied. But as so often with itches, the more you scratch them, the more itchy they become. So you need to scratch them more. How many chocolate biscuits... We pass that to you behind you. Well done. How many chocolate biscuits is is enough? That's the uh, musings of a five-year-old chubby boy named Nathaniel. (laughs) The way some... That's me, by the way, not you. (laughs) The way some people have addressed this malady of the soul, this problem that human beings have, is to try to remove desire. So Buddhism seeks to transcend desire. So, so does lots of different religions, the Greek religions of Jesus' time. But Jesus... Oh, oh yeah. You, you're getting this even better than me. But the Bible teaches that our desires ultimately point to a deeper desire. That there is an eternal food that truly satisfies. That behind all of our longings, all of our desires, is a longing and desire for God. As a great teacher of the faith has put it, our our souls are restless until they find their rest in you. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works that God requires of us? Jesus answered, you you haven't had one. Who hasn't had one? Okay, we're going to... I had five. Okay, guys, for the sake of the rest of the talk, the word Jesus is off. 
okay? Because I might say that a number of more times, and I think I'm going to run out of sweets. So for now, I'm just chocolate biscuits, biology, and Zoe. Um, no, 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 no. Um, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. They want to know what they have to do, how they might need to behave, what religious hoops they might need to jump through or spiritual acrobatics performed. There are three different types of relationship that exist with God. So one, non-existent. Two, a business-type relationship. And three, a Christian. So firstly, for many people... Asking them whether they have a relationship with God is like asking someone whether they have a personal relationship with the tooth fairy. It's an absurd question. Gross. <laughs> and then there are people who think, ah, it's a wonderful idea. It all sounds amazing. If only it were true. Another kind of person, probably is more people like this in the world, is they have a business relationship with God. It might be expressed as karma. Good things happen to good people. What goes around comes around. But you can be religious and you can actually appear from the outside that you are a Christian and yet you have a business relationship with God. You know, I'll avoid swearing, only in very difficult circumstances. Or I'll be kind to my cat, my dog, or my children, or my mom and dad, wife, husband. Um... I might give a little bit of money away, and in return, God, I ask for blessing on my life. And if, if that is the basis, the foundation of your relationship with God, the kindest thing I can say to you this morning, it doesn't sound like a kind thing, but it is a kind thing. The kindest thing I can say to you is, is you're not a Christian, not, not yet. And Christians beware. I need to remind myself of the good news that God loves me. A business-style relationship creeps into my life so easily, sometimes multiple points in a day, <laughs> where I need to remind myself that I'm God's beloved, the one he loves. Hey, a question for you. If you miss a prayer time or Bible reading or you've not been to church for a while, do you feel that God loves you a little bit less or thinks of you differently? I, I do. I do sometimes. And... That's not, he, he doesn't. I'm, I'm no less the beloved by my behavior. The, the third type is a Christian. Daughters and sons of God by adoption into his family. Jesus says, you receive this life by believing the one God the Father has sent. By trusting in Jesus, by placing your affections on him, your hopes, your love. When you first put your trust in Jesus, something changes in you and and, and you are being changed. Something You're changed and you're being changed. And as the years go on and you journey on this adventure with Jesus, he becomes more real, more beautiful. The story seems to just get better. For those, some of us, this might be a present thing, or some of us might have to cast our minds back many years, uh, meeting a boy and, or a girl, and, and you, you fancy them a bit. Um, might be at school or, or wherever, and actually, you just, all you want to do is get to know them more, and that sense of excitement when you see them or get to hang out with them. Um, and uh, there is a sense where our relationship with God is like that, that 
we, we, he wants to reveal himself to us, that we are, enter into a relationship where we know him more. And, and it's exciting. It's wonderful. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. There's two words, getting ready, there's two words for life in the Greek language. Uh, two words for life, bios, which we get the word biology. <laughs> what, you, I don't want to, if I throw you, I think I'll get Tammy. <laughs> it's got Lynn instead, it's fine. <laughs> and Zoe. Well done. And uh, Zoe's a girl's name, but it, it also refers to a quality of life. It's true. You got it. You got it. I'll throw it down here. There you go. We don't just eat to stay alive, do we? Well, I don't. I eat to live. It's um, pleasure. Uh, it's probably a dream that you're longing for, you're pursuing. It might be a retirement plan, a grade at school or uni saving for the holiday of a lifetime. But none of these things are bad things. But if you're using them to soothe your soul, the, the hunger in you, or to, to quench the thirst for meaning, as you scratch that itch, it will just get more itchy. The claim of Jesus here is incredibly bold. He says, I can satisfy your longings. That's an incredibly bold statement. Actually, all of your desires point to a deeper desire, communion with God, communion with me, knowing the presence of God. I suppose a question is, is this is an honest question, is, does it work? Is it true? Can Jesus actually satisfy all our longings? Is it true that there's a power that can end the restlessness of desire for more, more, more? And for me, the answer is, this is a quite an honest answer. It is yes and no. I've reached a place in life where I just can't imagine life without God. I love Jesus. I found his love and presence in my life to satisfy a very deep longing, an itch that I couldn't scratch. And yet, as a hymn writer puts it, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. I search for satisfaction in other places. I go to other places for food and drink. And Christian maturity is this. It's in those moments of suffering, of longing, is to hear the invitation of Jesus, come to me. I don't want to sell you something I don't have. Jesus says, the one who believes in me can be completely satisfied, can be at rest. And I, I, I know this is true. I long it for every area in my life and for all of us here. And I'm not actually there yet, but I, but I know it's true. And I know this is the journey that I am on and we are on. So I want to close with an invitation. Nathaniel read earlier, all those the Father gives me will come to me and all who come to me, I will never drive away, Jesus says. This is a really vulnerable question. And, and, and children, don't zone out. Don't zone out. This is, I think this is really important for you. Is 
What, what do you think God thinks about you? When he thinks about you, what do you think he thinks? If, if I'm honest, one of, sometimes the questions that I've thought is, is he disappointed in me? Sometimes, is he, is he angry with me? He has declared as a promise in this Bible reading, if you come to him, he will never drive you away. Whatever you've done, whatever pattern of behavior you can't get out of, you're trapped in, whatever way you may have feel to have failed as a friend, as a brother, sister, son, daughter, mom, dad, wife, husband, whatever is your history, if you come to him, he will never drive you away. Right now, whatever your relationship status with Jesus is, he says, come to me. Bring me your pain. Bring me your dreams. Bring me your longings, your desires. Come to me, and I'll meet you where you are. This is supernatural. It is spiritual. He's inviting you to let him change your life, to expand you, to grow you, to transform you, to save you from an eternity spent without him, which is just a longer way of saying a, a short word, hell, is to save you from an eternity spent without him and to bring you to himself. I want to really quickly speak for those of you who know I'm in. I can call myself a Christian. And you don't have to answer this out loud, but do think about it. Right now, and this week that's gone, has Jesus been enough? In him is your hunger satisfied. As I was writing this, I felt the Lord put the word, the word numb on my heart. I wonder whether there's some of us here today who can remember a time where they longed for more of God in their life, but now for whatever reason, just feel a bit numb. You might look back on a period in your life of enthusiasm in faith, you may, as a younger person perhaps, or in a time of spiritual renewal. And something we've heard a couple of times in the last few weeks is, a, I can't remember who said it, but it's not me, it is, it's springtime. When will you bloom if not here and now? This is the moment to come back. God wants to make it like when it was brand new, when you first met him. There's a verse in the Psalms, he wants to restore to you the joy of your salvation. And for those of us who might be in the other two different kinds of relationship, non-existent or a business-style relationship, and um, in this number of people, there will be some of us. Um, did you know that John Wesley, have you, who's heard of John Wesley? He's a yeah, amazing man who lived a couple of hundred years ago, changed this country. Do you know that he had been ordained as a vicar in the Church of England for 10 years before he would say he became a Christian. <laughs> so, God then used John Wesley to, to change England, the UK, and beyond. I can tell you what Jesus is saying to each of us this morning because it's been written down in the Bible and the passage we've just heard read. All who come to me this morning, I will not drive away. You're, all of us are being invited to change our relationship status with Jesus. To turn away from 
self-sufficiency and begin a personal, wonderful, satisfying relationship with God. I'm going to sing now, um, and the band is going to get up, but can I invite you to stand with me? We'll stand, we're about to sing. Um, and let's, uh, let's bow our heads if you, if you feel comfortable to do that. This is for children too, not just for adults. And in the quietness of your heart, ask yourself, where, where am I? in my relationship with God. Whether you've been following Jesus for years, but you've been bruised by the circumstances of life, or in some of the things you've heard me say this morning, it made me wonder, do I actually know Jesus? What he says to you this morning is, come to me. It's a very personal thing about how you might answer that question of Jesus. Come to me. As we sing now, uh, that's what Jesus has said to us this morning. Come to me. I'll never drive you away. I'll satisfy your deepest longings.